Hello, and welcome to In the Harbor Podcast with Stenman, Joel, and Jacob. Hello. Welcome back. What's going on? Uh, it's another day, another dawn. It is another day, another dawn. Well, we're back. Um, this is amazing that we're uh, filming again. So, yeah. It's good. We, it's been a while. Um, the last one that we released was months ago that it just never uh, put on the podcast. So, um, yeah, it's good to, that we're back and starting to do some more here. Um, today is going to be kind of a new thing. We're going to be discussing news. Um, some fun stuff, some serious stuff, world news, U.S. news, everything. And uh, um, so, yeah, we're just uh, going to do some commentary on what's happening in the world right now. Should be kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be super fun. Kind of uh, get our perspective on what's going on in the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah, see what, it, see what we get into. Jacob, you want to start us off? Yes. Um, let's talk about some world news. Uh, some interesting things have been happening. Um, something I saw a, little, a couple of days ago um, was that there's an asteroid, apparently, that came in through the atmosphere um, and blew up over Europe, over like um, Normandy, France. And pretty cool uh it's i let's see it's sar so sar two six six seven did it blow up like before it hit um, it was like land? pretty pretty close yeah I, I think it did i don't know for sure um there's not like a lot of like objective knowledge on it but i did see it on enough sources to know that like it actually did happen um this was on monday i think do you, do you know if it entered the atmosphere? It did. Oh, yeah. it did? Yeah, there's okay. videos of it. It's pretty crazy. There's videos of it, like, literally just, like, on fire, just in the sky coming down towards land in Europe. I'd be freaked out if that um, it was crazy. Like, was coming at me. It was cool to watch, um, just, like, seeing a whole bunch of different, like, video clips of it from different perspectives, because I mean, it was, like, literally, like, this green, just, like, flame coming down to the sky. Can you imagine if that thing just like nuked London and <laughs> accidentally just, I mean, that'd be crazy. That, that'd be horrible. I mean, that'd be terrible. That, that would be crazy. But yeah. Did it ever say how big it was? Um, I don't, I didn't see anything about, um, I think it burned up. So it wasn't, it didn't like impact. Like anything. It wasn't identifiable. Like, like how I, big it was. Yeah. I don't think, okay. I don't think they really knew. Um, I mean, they probably did, but none of the, the news sites that I saw, like, gave an explanation for that so yeah that's crazy that'd be i just thought it was terrifying. cool i saw a video of it and i was like man that's crazy you know that'd be terrifying um speaking of some other news um i saw kind of world news not just news um but world news um taiwan so like you know the stuff about the balloons um like china apparently having balloons kind of apparently spying or whatever mm-hmm. um Taiwan reports that a Chinese weather balloon was found on an outlying island. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is like it's kind of shook the whole country a little bit. I mean, not not too much, but I think a lot of people know about the balloon that was. Didn't we shoot one down? Yeah. Yeah. There a couple of weeks ago, we shot one down that was flying 
I forget where it was. Um, but there, there, I think there were actually two recently that happened. Um, one of them was off the coast that like didn't get close enough for us to like really deal with it. But there, I think there's one like over like the Midwest, um, like Northern Midwest that we shot down. Yeah. Um, and that actually like, I was reading some news articles about this the other day and it's interesting because apparently China has been sending these balloons for like years and years. This happened during the Trump presidency and earlier in the Biden presidency. And that's what it says here. It says like the balloons have been flying over for years on the Taiwan Strait, um, but only have recently begun to draw attention. Um, I don't know. Some spokesperson says this is on NPR. So yeah, Yeah, so this is in Taiwan, which is interesting. China probably doesn't think that there's any problem with that since they believe they own Taiwan. Yeah, so, and, and like China has basically kind of threatened Taiwan. Yeah. Um, and kind of aggressively been like, we could take you out. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, they, uh, I think the US is actually heading in a good direction because we're figuring out this whole chip thing. But Taiwan is like the major processor for a lot of our computer chips. And the US doesn't have an infrastructure right now to support our like computer production or chip production if Taiwan was to be taken over by China. So that's kind of like we're kind of freaking out about that. But I think I think in recent years we've started to kind of try to build that back up and have like pro, um, like manufacturing plants for those. And I don't know how far that's that's started to come together, but um, no, that's at least good that we've started working on it because it's kind uh, of Taiwan is like like we're backing them. But who knows if we would like full on support them if China was to do an invasion like they like Russia's in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's all not, kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. Like China has been kind of crazy lately. I mean, they, they I mean, you know, they wrote it off as just like a weather balloon or something like that. And for research purposes. And yeah, I guess in a sense for them, it was for research purposes, but <laughs> not <Yeah>. good stuff. <laughs> I mean, that that's uh, that's pretty sketchy. So. It's crazy. It's um, one interesting thing that I wonder about is like, essentially, I I read something that China was claiming that we had been sending balloons over there as well. Um, And I think Biden just like uh, dismissed it basically and denied that we were doing any of that, which is kind of interesting. I have no idea if we were or not, but um, I kind of wonder like, what we're doing as far as surveillance for other countries and stuff like that, that we have no idea about, you know? I mean, probably a lot. Yeah. I mean, like truthfully, we're probably, there's there's almost definitely something, maybe it's not balloons, but yeah. Yeah. Now, Jacob and Joel, I don't know if like either of you have heard anything about this when, um, I was home for break. I was hearing a lot of, um, of stuff about China basically still being under like lockdown, from COVID mm. and I heard like only recently did they just open back up kind of and I don't know if it was all of China or if it was just parts of China but basically like what I heard is since they'd been locked down for essentially three whole years and then they opened back up like everyone's immune system was tanked mm. right and so they get back out in the world and then like everyone immediately gets all sick and then they had like quarantine zones where they were forcing 
people to go into these basically like warehouse type tent looking things. Is yeah. that is that accurate? I mean, like I don't I don't know all the details, but I know that there were massive protests in China because of continued lockdown and quarantine things. Like massive protests, like probably some of the biggest ones we've seen in China since you know like years ago. So yeah, I heard that too. Um, I mean, it makes sense though. I mean, if you're a dictatorship, I don't know what goes on in China. I'm not Chinese, but at the same time, it's kind of a little scary to have like a dictatorship like that. So, yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, I think there were cases of like, and this could be totally off. So take this with a grain of salt, but I, I think I remember hearing or reading about um, the protests were started because of people being locked in these quarantine zones and like getting sick and having it spread like crazy or something like that. And there were people that died, whether it was because of like lack of food or if it was because of getting sick. I don't remember exactly what was going on, but mm-hmm. um, I think the protests like were started with the fact that um, there were just groups of people locked in to these places and they, you know, basically separated from the outside world for weeks and, you know, maybe months. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it does. I mean, it makes sense because China is a communist society, right? I mean, like, they, the government pretty much has total control over the people. And as long as they have control over the people, then, you know, they can basically make them do whatever they want. And, but like the downside to that is the people are going to revolt and rebel, which they did. And they found that out the hard way, but, um, I won't say the name of the um, person we're going to interview next, but kind of cursor into this, um, the, the person we're going to interview, um, next kind of as like a uh, sneak peek. Um, he actually uh, lived in China for a long time. Oh, did he? Yeah. So, um, I'll keep his name secret. So we kind of it's a reveal when we put out the episode but coming soon is an interview with one of our professors and he lived in china for i think eight years or something like that so oh, i'm well. sure he'll be able to he was a missionary so i'm sure he'll be able to talk even more about yeah, that yeah so, we should definitely yeah. ask him about that stuff yeah he'd probably be up to date with like all the current stuff happening there so yeah my politics professor last semester um dr moore he spent a lot of time in china and his wife was from china Actually, he actually taught at a university there. Um, and so he, half of our class was just like him keeping us up with current affairs that were going on in China, you know, from a, the perspective of like, he was not only like reading stuff and kind of knowing the context, but also like his wife is literally like a native, um, like, you know, Chinese woman. So it was, you know, he got information from her and her parents who are currently living in China and that kind of stuff. Um, so it was that, that was kind of interesting to hear. Um, but it's all, you know, it's all so convoluted. Like who knows how much, you know, accurate information we have about current affairs in China, you know? Right. And like, you know, I mean, with me being more involved in like the military aspect and being around people that are in like the military, I hear a lot of stuff that you don't always know if it's true or not, but, um, you know, the big thing that they're all talking about right now is, since there's so many people that have just come out of quarantine in China and their bodies are weak. And so many have died from really bad illnesses, which Mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's tragic, but they're saying, you know, like China's going to take a really big hit because of that, you know, and like their society and their economy is taking a huge hit. And, um, 
like we don't really know what that's going to look like for the future in the upcoming like months and years but i mean that's a big deal because they for the most part have been like a very dominant you know country or society and now like we don't know what that's going to look like so it's interesting yeah i mean they've had an extremely high economic growth rate for like years now probably like double at least what the u.s does you know on a yearly basis um and i've heard that's dropping significantly and they've had a hard time getting out of you know the rut of covid you know everything all of the economies you know in the world were kind of shut down and and growth rates dropped significantly but i've heard that china's having a hard time bouncing back um yeah no, so totally. i mean we have too but i think i think we our growth rate is getting up to what it was before i think um which is cool yeah for sure we're we're back hmm? speaking of protests um i have some news about Iran because um, I was looking through some articles and um, <clears throat> according to the Associated Press, uh, protests are still happening in Iran. So um, a couple weeks ago, I think there were, um, oh, I'm sorry, a couple months ago, um, two girls were um I'm sorry, this is totally wrong. There was a woman, okay, the protests began over the September 16th death of 22-year-old Masa Amini after her arrest by the country's morality police. Um, That started the protests. 40 days ago, two Iranian men were executed on charges related to the protests which then sparked further protests, which are the ones that we've seen in recent weeks. That That's what's going on. So I should have clarified okay. before. No, that, that makes sense. So it was her first, and then it was these two men that got executed because of her. Right. And then right. Because they, they were part of the protests and probably kind of like revolution leaders, something like that. Okay. Um, that the country executed um, as probably a way to kind of stop the protests um, and... Yeah. Uh, then now there's there's more protests coming on because of those those people that have been executed. So what what, what was she executed for specifically? Um, I don't really remember. I think it had to do with um some sort of like the the laws about what women are supposed to wear mm-hmm. and and act and stuff. I think that was part of it. I don't know for sure. Um. Yeah, I think like it's so foreign to us to like believe that someone was like executed um, that we know about. I'm sure, you know, there's probably some corrupt thing that has gone on in history, but like someone's been executed for like protesting stuff. And I know, you know, like in in the in the civil rights protests, probably something like that happened. But especially this, like it's so oppressive in Iran. um, That's kind of crazy that someone can be protesting a simple right, you know, and then get executed. I think that's like, we kind of take that for granted in America. Like we can literally go out and say, I protest McDonald's and like stake out there. But like a lot of people in the world do not have that privilege. And we are so, so lucky to have that. 
Yeah, I think so. Just reading more on this right now, I think she, um, there was a big push in the last couple of months by rights activists in Iran for women to stop wearing their veils uh. um, and keeping like the all of the hijab like um, laws. And I think she was one of those. And what it sounds like is the police arrested her and she went into a coma during her detention and ended up dying. And so that sparked this whole thing that was going on. But it, it did have to do with um, this kind of movement for women to kind of free themselves from the rules of like Islam, like strict Islam, you know, um, and then that sparked. But, yeah, it's crazy. Um, that would never happen here. I mean, it, like if it did, it would just be like massive outrage, right? Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, we, we definitely take that for granted for sure. I mean, I think even the fact if like someone did die like that, I think there would be so much more protest in America because we have that right. Like if that's right is taken away from someone, I think America has the ability to stand up to it. And I think they have stood up to that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Now, um, speaking of protesting like on the same track, but slightly off topic, what has been going on with like these revivals lately like that i've been hearing about is that is that like new or is that i mean are you talking about like the the asbury chapel thing yes. or asbury seminary yes yeah yeah i don't i don't know i don't um, think there's protests going there's on there's no protest no 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 not protests like what but like, like what about like it what what about it like like Joel, it's a you revival, probably, right? You probably but, know more than um, this. Yeah, I think, this than I, do. I think Asbury Seminary had a, um, or has, or ongoing uh, work of God inside their school. Um, apparently it was started by a bunch of students who repented of their sins, I don't know what, and committed to like going back to God. Um, and they've been worshiping and singing songs and like, having testimonies apparently for the last week and a half, which has been super cool. And I think that like something like that can't be diminished. I think there can be precautions that are taken. Um, but also when you say like, we can't deny, you know, a work of God. Um, but we also can't like go too far. Cause like even I read, so I'm in American church history right now. Um, and I read a book by Jonathan Edwards and Jonathan Edwards wasn't the best guy. You know, he, he had a lot of crazy theology stuff. But he also stated that there are a lot of ex excesses in re revival. So there's a big revival in the 1740s um, in, in American history. Um, and he's like, there's a lot of excesses where this is not the work of God. Um, but I think right now we see a lot of people just going back and repenting of their sins and turning back. And I think it's to be celebrated. And I think that can happen all over the country. I don't think we all just have to flock there. I think if you want to go, it's fine because I see a lot of people that are going there. Um, to be part of this revival, but I'm like, it can happen anywhere. And like committing your life to Christ, recommitting can like, happen anywhere and on work on any hearts. Yeah, but he sure. is definitely working in Asbury Seminary and yeah, college. Yeah. Joel, you and I had talked about this earlier today and we kind of came to a point where we were like, this is largely a really good thing that's going on. Um, but we just don't really like know a lot about the specifics I'd have, and I'd details. Have to be there. Um, so we don't want to be like, oh, this is like entirely the work of God, um, or say it's not the work of God because we're not there. We don't really know what's happening. Um, but it yeah. is cool to see a bunch of Christians get together 
and just commit themselves to the work of the Lord, um, that's cool, you know, and there might be some kind of weird side things going on that, um, you know, may make that kind of a, a not so cool thing, but, um, overall, as far as we know, it's, it's kind of an awesome thing that's going on. So no, totally. And that, that makes a lot more sense. I was more just asking like what it was. I'd heard maybe somewhere, or I thought I heard somewhere along the line that there was like a small group trying to protest it happening, Mm -hmm. but like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there could be, there could be, but that, that, that's people in America protest about anything they can. Yeah. When I worked at the tree service, there was, um, someone who protested, well, my boss told me a story. Someone protested the um, a removal of like a big old cottonwood and they like linked arms around it. So, and it was dead. So it was kind of funny, but yeah. So they, Americans protest everything. Yeah. It's the blessing and the curse of living in a free country. Amen. <laughs> Amen. America. Um, America. Jacob, I had a question for you actually. Um, yeah, go for it. Going back to just like the news. Um, mm-hmm. This is a little bit older news, I guess, uh, not quite so up to date, but um, I want to hear more just from, you know, you're from Moscow, Idaho. It's your hometown now. I am, yep. Um, And the whole incident at the University of Idaho where the killer stabbed those uh, students, Mm -hmm. um, I heard that they caught the killer, right? Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and what you know of just from living there and your personal involvement? Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy wild story. Um, yeah, so back in, I think, September, uh, four University of Idaho students were um, slaughtered in an off-campus like student housing um, house. And there was a call and call like probably I think 11 or something like that in in the morning the next day to the police that said that there's an unconscious person in the house police got there and found four students dead um crazy like it shook the entire you know city and kind of shook America as well it's a scary thing right um and Moscow is a small little town on the edge of Idaho like right next to Washington. So, um, Pullman, Washington is like 20 minutes from Moscow, Idaho, just across the border. And, um, yeah, I mean, Moscow is known for being a calm, like nice, um, chill city. That's like fun. Cause you got university students there. Uh, but it's got a nice downtown, but it's, you know, pretty far away from, uh, like other civilization you could say. Um, yeah, this so, isn't this is not Chicago. <laughs> no, crime no, is, it's it's crime a, is rare, and it's it's not something like this is even worse because it's not like oh somebody was shot, you know. Um, this was like somebody broke into a, like a residence next to a university and stabbed like four college students. Like as college students, that's <laughs> freaky. I remember the night that you found out about it. I think we were sitting in bed. And like, you're like, holy crap, someone just like stabbed four people. And I actually, I know one of my close family friends, their daughter goes to University of Idaho and mm-hmm. she, I, th- I think I don't like if she listens to this, I don't want her to like quote me, but, or I want to quote her, but I, th- I think she was actually pretty shook. 
Um, yeah, so I, yeah. I would be. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, even though she lives in the dorms and it happened off campus, I mean, it was still kind of like, whoa. Totally. Like, scary, scary. My brother, um, I have an older brother. He's about four years older than me. He's working as a, um, like, a, a research tech kind of um, in the neuroscience department at Washington State University in Pullman. So he's 20 minutes away from this. He gets an alert on his phone the day after as saying... Like four students found dead, you know, near um, University of Idaho. And he texts my mom this. And later that day, I get a call from my mom. And I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, it's like just a regular conversation I'm expecting, right? And my mom's like, hey, just so you know uh, what's going on here, four students were murdered last night um, in University of Idaho. And I was like, what the hell? You know, um, just absolutely crazy i had an insanely hard time falling asleep and sleeping <laughs> well when i was home oh i bet it just like i was legitimately scared yeah well and, uh, and they hadn't even caught the killer i think that no, was what was no. so scary for everyone is like we haven't really in america i mean like we have shootings and like horrible things that have happened but it's not like that's more the patterns of what you expect from a serial killer and we haven't really seen that in america for a while yeah. Uh, and I think, like, the fact that he wasn't caught, too, you know? Um, and, and to be honest, like, you know, every once in a while, like, I followed, like, every single day I would look at multiple news sources <laughs> about this. And there was nothing. <laughs> like, for months, there was nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And little bits of things like, oh, the police, you know, want surveillance tapes and footage and that kind of stuff. And, like... You know, we're, we think it's this kind of knife, you know, that was used. Um, and so we would get, like, little bits of stuff and, like, testimonies from, like, there were two surviving roommates in the house. So, you know, over time we would hear a little bit from, like, their stuff and then the families and all this stuff. But there was, like, almost nothing. And, like, the lurking stats of 70% of murders go unsolved was just, like, sitting in the back of my mind, you know, while this was going on. And, um, but yeah, it just like, I personally, I was like, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. This just may not ever get solved. And so it was, it was crazy, like, and cool when they were like, Hey, we're looking for a white Hyundai Elantra, you know? So it was like, okay, now there's, you know, that was, I think, um, potentially Thanksgiving, maybe later that maybe it was actually during Christmas break. But, um, anyway, they started looking for a car. And then while I was um, back home for Christmas break, I think it was actually around Christmas that they um, were like, hey, we got somebody in custody. And FBI like swarmed this guy's house in Pennsylvania. He was a um, PhD student at Washington State University in Pullman. PhD, Um, so he wasn't, I mean... He was 28 years old, yeah. Yeah, And he was working on his PhD in criminology, which is wild. (laughs) Not a dummy. Um, Yeah, and so it was was crazy. Like, the fact that, I think his name is Brian Koberger. And just seeing all that unfold was, like, awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, Apparently, the... So the Moscow police really couldn't release a lot of information on it because it would hurt the court case um and so we got very little information but after he returned to moscow 
they opened the up they opened up the um the probable cause affidavit so the public could see all of the evidence that we had on him um he left a knife sheath in the the house um and they took dna evidence from that and matched it to his father when they uh fbi had been surveilling his parents house he drove back over christmas break to his parents house in pennsylvania so they matched dna evidence to that to some garbage stuff that they had there and it was like a hundred percent match um and yeah there's just a, a ton of like they tracked his phone um for weeks following these four you know individuals um he followed them for weeks beforehand and they could see his phone pings um and then they they saw that his phone was turned off the night of the murder and weeks before that they saw his phone tracked to their house multiple times so it was like this guy had no reason to be over there um he goes to washington state there's no reason he should be following these guys um as far as we know he had no contact with them beforehand um so anyway i thought that he like some one of the girls rejected him is that not true um, I, as far as I know, that didn't happen. I thought I it read could that. Have. Maybe I could have. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation. Like, why would he target them? And that was a big like theory is that Especially he was at a like, bar in Moscow and they were there and he like hit on one of them and they rejected him and he was especially yeah. like, so like meditated almost like, Oh, he's oh, falling for, him sure. for That's why I like kind of gravitate, gravitate towards that because it's like, Oh, that was so meditated like for weeks. Yeah. No, it was definitely planned. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, it could have been like totally could have been, I I don't know if we have any evidence to say that like that stuff happened. Um, but anyway, yeah. So currently, um, he's sitting in Moscow, um, jail and I don't think he actually appears in court again until June. June or July. Is he, is he on death row? Like, is that because Idaho has a death penalty, doesn't it? Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They, don't, he's they not on suck. death row because he, has well, he hasn't. Trial. He hasn't been convicted oh, yet. Okay. So yeah. he, um, he went into court back in early January, I believe. Um, and the defense, his defense attorney, um, asked for months to prepare for the actual um court hearing. So. The judge said yes. Uh, according to some of the um, FBI agents on the case, they're like, this is one of the strongest probable cause affidavits we've ever seen. So the defense is taking a lot of time to go through all the evidence and try to come up with a, you know, a case for why this guy is not the killer. Um, so, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I... I would be shocked if if he wasn't convicted, but then again, like if Defense he's not if he's not the killer, I don't want him to be, to be convicted. So it's I'm just gonna wait for the the court hearing and yeah. let but all I, the evidence be presented. Let the attorneys you know go at it, and, and you'll be in Moscow when uh, this I will goes be. On. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. You'll have to inform us what what happens. But yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, like you know it. Who knows, right? But it it's just weird that a guy that smart, right? He was getting his PhD in criminology, mm-hmm. f- appeared probably on the outside pretty normal, 
just goes in and stabs people in cold blood. But then he leaves behind his sheath, which he's is also white. seen by one of the and was seen by yeah, one of the was, uh, surviving roommates, which is crazy. So he's like brilliant, but like you would think he'd be more brilliant to cover his tracks up a little bit better than that, too. You know, and I don't know. It's just. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always think like I've watched a few like crime documentaries and things and, um, you know, th- there's a couple like theories about why that could be um he might have wanted to be caught a lot of serial killers kind of want to be found want to be um in a sadistic way like celebrated for you know in in their fame being on tv and being in newspapers their face being everywhere everybody knowing their name um there's kind of a draw to that for them um so that could be why like he kind of left a trail another thing is like Killing is not an easy thing. This is, as far as we know, his first time, um, if he is the killer. And I I think killing another human being is not something that even, like, a serial killer can take lightly. Um, like a psychopath, soci- sociopath, something like that. Um, and it could have been, like, in the heat of the moment, he has so much adrenaline running through his brain, you know, his body that he is not fully thinking about, you know, like, dropping the sheath. The phone stuff is stupid, just straight-up stupid. Like, why the hell would you take your phone if you're tracking these guys? Why would you, you know, like, he's a criminology student. He should know this stuff, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Like, the FBI has so many means to figure stuff out like that, or the CIA or whoever's tracking you, like... You, yeah, he, you would have thought that he would have had a better plan for it to look like an everyday, like, you know, he was just driving past maybe once instead of a bunch of times or something. I just read something that said he like spammed one of the girls' Instagram with messages, um, like before the stabbing. What, What news source is that from? Moscow or Fox 13 Seattle. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, no I, I would like check a couple different well, of different sources. Like, yeah. I mean, of course, but like, I mean, there's yeah, probably could, I mean, But who knows? Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It's, it sometimes can, like, if you're already messed up in the head, you know, uh, a lot of, Jacob, I'm sure you've seen, like, in the documentaries you, you've watched, you know, that we've watched together, like, mm-hmm. you know, if a guy that's already crazy, already a psychopath gets his heart broken by a girl or rejected, you know, or he's just, a, he's rejected by girls and his other friends or family even, you know, like it just causes them to snap and it's only like, it only takes once, you know, yeah. and then they're just full blown. Yeah. They have killers. these kind of triggers that, that, uh, get them going. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting about that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Definitely. Um, kind of another um, kind of interesting story I wanted to bring up was in, I think, Wisconsin. Um, there are over 100 children illegally employed by U.S. slaughterhouse cleaning firm. Um, they were aged like 13 to 17. Um, and like... I don't know. That's like pretty crazy that they were yeah, illegally no like hired. Joel, is this like um like a meat 
processing plant like a like a slaughterhouse for cattle or something or what type of um it says here um it's just a slaughterhouse cleaning firm so like it's across the country eight states uh wisconsin based packers sanitation it's like a a cleaning company yeah so they let go like from place to place so it's not just like one place it's more than that um yeah, the investigation discovered that children were working with hazardous chemicals in cleaning meat processing equipment, including back saws, brisket saws, and head splitters. At least three miners were suffered injuries while working for PSSI, one of the country's largest food safety sanitation service providers. Which is crazy. I don't even think you can like hire like thirteen year olds. How do you get away uh, with that? I don't that? think you can. Yeah, how how, how do you get away with that? No, I pay cash. I know at least like in Colorado, like I, I can speak from this personally because my dad owns um, a, a shell station and legally he's only allowed to hire uh, f- people from the age of 14 and up, I believe. And that's only, I think, for like certain jobs. It's not even all across the board. Uh, it might be. I, I forget. But okay. when, when I was little, I would like work for my dad, but it was volunteer work. It wasn't employed. I didn't have a W-2 format to fill out or anything like that. It was it was volunteer work, which is a little bit different. But yeah, I think in Colorado, the, the legal age is 14. I so. think it's across the country, too. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But I'm sure with a company like, was it PSSI? Yeah. That The age requirement for something like that is a lot higher because you're dealing with you know, machinery and saws and equipment that can cut your hand off if you're not careful. Yeah, I think um, it looks like the federal limit is 14 years old. Um, But like hours are limited. And I think the amount of hazardous like job work that you're doing um, is limited as well. So, yeah, that's that's super crazy. It's a good thing that was figured out. You I know. know for like, 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 yeah. That's something you don't really hear about in America because we have so many laws about that. But that's interesting. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. So the question sure. is, like, then does this company get shut down? Or, I mean, over 100 kids. Like, I read another um, article that said they were fined $1.5 million, <laughs> So, Which probably isn't that much for a company like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I feel like they couldn't just, like... Yeah, well, shut the company down. You can't down. shut that down. The yeah. meat processing industry in America. Yeah. We go through so much meat, chicken, like beef, pork, all yeah, that. Totally. We go through a ton of meat. You can't just shut like cleaning services down. No, you can't. So. Yeah. Um, just to end on a positive note, because I feel like the last couple things were, you know, like, geez, what the hell is happening in the U.S.? and. <laughs> Uh, the hell in a ham basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, things are not going too bad. Um just a, a kind of a cool thing I saw is that um, in Ukraine, you know, the war is going on there. And uh, for Val- for Valentine's Day, they took a pause for the war and the soldiers went back and <laughs> gave like flowers and stuff to their wives. And no way. Anyway, they, they like both sides like a um, I, I don't know. I think it might have been just kind of like a, a lull in the battle that was going on. But basically the Ukrainian soldiers like left their posts and went and met their wives and stuff. They kind of just like took a pause That's from their cool. stuff and just, you know, getting ready for the next like assault make from love, Russia. Not war. Make love, not war. Um, yes. And 
I'm sure it was very tempting. Until you're married. For those soldiers to stay, you know, and not, I mean, like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough to go back to your wife and then say like, hey, I'm going to hopefully see you later. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stephen, you, you, uh, you're probably closer to, to this than, uh. Yeah, well, you know, obviously I haven't... You've been to war a couple times. Oh, yeah, yeah. The vet. No. Uh, (laughs) No. I obviously have never been in that situation, but I, you know, obviously am preparing myself for the day when I may have to be in that situation. It's kind of sobering, you know, to think about. Like, that very well may be the case, and if our country heads that direction, like, I know what I signed up for, but it's, it's intimidating for sure. Yeah, it is cool to know that. Uh, it makes me think of of thinking of World War One on Christmas, like Germany and um, whoever they were fighting at the time, like Britain or something like that. I think both sides took a pause and like just didn't didn't fight and kill each other over Christmas Day, you know, which is kind of cool. It's like even in even in the midst of war, there can be kind of just um, like peace and and love and. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, for sure. It's uh, it. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. It just shows like that war. It changes a person a lot. But like at the end of the day, like we still have emotions and we're still humans, and like there's redemption in that for sure. Yeah. Totally. Well, it was enjoyable speaking to you guys this week, and I hope you guys enjoy uh, the podcast. Yep, that was some world news going on, and uh, got a special guest next time, which will be awesome. Professor Uh, at CCU, name to be determined. Determined. Tune in next time on In the Harbor Podcast. Thanks, guys.